You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I hope you're having a good week so far. And um, I'm sure everybody, all of my listeners, are glued to the Democratic National Convention, uh, cheering the speeches of the far-left wingers that are want to take our country and turn it into a socialist paradise. You know, so we'll be receiving all the wonderful benefits of socialism and loss of freedoms, and our country will be like Venezuela is right now, falling apart, like Cuba has been for years, like China has been. Now, they have an economy, the government's economy, that seems to work, but they're in financial trouble. But the fact of the matter is, the people over there still have no freedoms. And that's what the Democrats want for us. They want us to become the Soviet Union. And have you noticed that inside and outside of the arena in Philadelphia, people are carrying openly Soviet flags of the old Soviet Union. And they're carrying Palestinian flags. But nobody has an American flags. They're hardly even displaying them inside the arena itself. You don't see anybody in the crowd waving an American flag during these speeches. Apparently they've been banned. We'll talk more about the Democratic Convention in a minute, but speaking of being banned, we have a very serious situation brewing right here at America's Web Radio. Now, David runs a really good ship when it comes to America's Web Radio. There are about 70 programs on the, the network. Uh, some of them are politically uh, political programs like this one about the Constitution. Others are business-oriented, education-oriented, uh, uh, literature-oriented. And but it turns out that just in the last week, David has been informed that... David Moxley, like I said, he runs a a good ship with this organization. I've been with him now for, I guess, five years or more. But he's found out that America's Web Radio has been banned from being accessed on federal computers, all federal computers, apparently. Now, he found this out from somebody who is a federal employee, who is, in fact, an engineer, he wasn't listening to my show. He listens on his computer every Monday at work to a show on surveying, which is part of his job description. That's one of the things he works on. So he likes to keep up, sort of continuing education, I assume, by listening to shows that relate to his, his work. And this is certainly something that is permissible by federal agencies. There's a lot of stuff that's not permissible, like access to porn, which we know that in some agencies is rampant. But all of a sudden, he tried to access America's Web Radio and was basically told that it is not going to be available on federal computers, apparently because of the content, not of that show necessarily, but of shows like mine. Because how dare us be critical of Obama? How dare us be critical of Hillary Clinton, and how dare anybody who works for the federal government listen 
to any such shows or even access the network. Now, I've researched this, David researched it. We cannot find out who in the federal government would be in a position to impose such a ban. But this is not just one agency. It's all federal agencies. So that means that access on federal computers to certain sites that might contain some politically incorrect content has been banned. So federal employees are essentially being censored. Is this the first time something like this has happened? No, it's not. If you remember a couple of years ago, I you know send out emails to uh, a huge group of followers, people who have told me they want to receive an email from me every time I post a new article on my blog. So I do that every time I post a new article, and I send out thousands of emails, and those are then forwarded to thousands more people, and the followers of my blog continue to grow. We've had over one, almost one and a half million hits now on the blog. And a couple of years ago, because I had several people who were members of the military, who had a military email address. And this wasn't something where I posted on their emails or anything about the article or the article itself. I didn't post it on web, military websites or anything like that. I just sent them a notice, along with everybody else, that I had posted a new blog article. And I usually attached a copy in case they wanted to read it that way. And my signature included URLs to access my books, including the booklet on the Constitution. Well, all of a sudden, I began receiving notices that my emails to members of the military were being rejected by the Army Cyber Security Command. And the reason for it was improper content. So when I sent soldiers a notice that I had posted a new article on, on some aspect of the Constitution that was being banned from being accessed by them, because apparently somebody in the U.S. government decided that hearing about the Constitution, having access to information on the Constitution, reading about the Constitution was improper for American soldiers, just like having a Bible sitting on their workplace desk is now a court-martial offense in the military, or wearing anything on their person that identifies them as a Christian or a Jew is improper. Of course, if you're Muslim, whatever you do is okay. But this shows that we are looking now at an overall effort to censor information. And it's not just the government that's doing it. It's private corporations that are operating in collusion with the government. I can't tell you how many people have recently contacted me in the United States Justice Foundation about the fact that their posts on Facebook are being banned because of politically incorrect comment and content. Meaning, you post something on Facebook attacking Hillary Clinton, you post something attacking Barack Obama, 
you post something praising Donald Trump, some of those are going to get banned. If it's not politically correct, Facebook is going to ban you. Twitter is doing the same thing. Now, fortunately, I'm still posting my blog articles on Facebook, and people are still responding to them, but not as many as used to. So I'm wondering if some people are not getting them. I'm getting concerned about Amazon now because my new novel, The Rag, has been released now as a paperback and a hardback. It is available on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble. It's available through my website. It's getting rave reviews uh, from people in the media. And the most recent review was written and sent to me about three days ago by a noted author, John Trudell, who I've had on this show before and hopefully will be coming on the next week or two as a guest of mine again. Uh, he's written patriotic novels. He's written thrillers, uh, espionage thrillers that have gotten really good reviews, and he's done well. And I was very, very pleased to have him review the rag and write a review that is and it shows it, the copy shows it on Amazon. And it says, beginning, highly recommended, read this book, but let's not live it. Tell your friends before the election. In other words, he wants people to read this novel before the election and encourage other people to read it. Because basically the novel is about what happens if the United States actually falls to a dictatorship. A politically correct dictatorship, which wants to control our thoughts, our lives, our actions, everything about our lives. Bans religion, except for Islam. And it's about the resistance that springs up. And the resistance of put people that put up a fight to try to free our country again. Now, obviously, it talks in terms, no specific individuals, and talks in terms of a government that is very similar to that being pushed right now by Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and Elizabeth Warren and the far leftists out there like Bernie Sanders who want complete government control of our lives. That's the type of government the resistance is facing in the book, and it has evolved just like Nazi Germany evolved, just like the Communist Party and the Soviet Union evolved, and in China and in Cuba, it evolves from this party, political party that promises everything to everybody, but then when they actually become getting control, they shut down freedom completely, and they proceed to government control the economy, which ultimately destroys destroy their economies. That's what this book is about. Obviously, to the left, it's going to be politically incorrect. If somebody out there has read the book that is in the far left and posted a review attacking it, I can guarantee you it will be up on Amazon within minutes. It's been three days now, and we can't figure out why this review 
has not been posted. And like I said, it's a rave review. It talks about the, the second sentence in, it, in the review, the first actual sentence in the review. talks about Pastor Greg Young's review of the book. It has, it says, has a good one-sentence summary of this book on the cover. 1984 meets the Hunger Games meets the Patriot. And the author, John Trudeau, goes on to prepare, compare my work to that of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the great Russian writer who resisted communism. So obviously this is a book that somebody out there doesn't want people to read. You can order a copy through my website at www.michaelconnelly.com. You can access the, the book. You can order it directly from me. You can also find it, like I said, on Amazon right now. I'm beginning to wonder if it may get banned from Amazon. You can also find it on Barnes & Noble. Please, I encourage you to read it. And if you like it, to rate it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. To give it a review. And let's see if we can't counter what's going on here. We'll talk more after our first break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So obviously we have censorship going on out there. And it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. Conservative thought is under attack for being politically incorrect. And it's going to continue to be under attack. Just like the veterans continue to be under attack, losing their Second Amendment rights. 
and we have the Democrats at the convention touting how they're going to help the veterans and improve the VA. Well, Obama said this two years ago, and he appointed a new head of the agency, and nothing has improved. In fact, in some respects, it's gotten worse. So we're being lied to when it comes to what they're going to do. And we can talk, and I will talk more on this show about the, some of what's going on, but talking about my book, The Rag, it's available, like I said, on Amazon, hopefully permanently, but who knows, available on Barnes & Noble, available on other websites. Right now it is available as a paperback or a hardback copy. The paperbacks are thirteen ninety nine. The hardback is twenty three ninety nine. The uh, right now though it's on sale on Amazon, the paperback version for eleven thirty five. So it might might be a good time to order it through Amazon. Again, if you order through Amazon and you like it, please post a review. Soon, probably within the next couple of weeks, because it takes a while for this to get properly done, they're going to be posting it as available as an ebook. Which means it will be like three ninety nine as an ebook. You can order it through Amazon Kindle or through Barnes and Noble's Nook or however you want to order it for your particular device. So please order a copy of the book, read it, pass it on to friends, encourage your friends to order copies, read this novel. And I'm not saying this just because I wrote it. I'm saying it because it's important, I think. And the people who have read it think it's extremely important. That's why John Trudell says, tell your friends before the election. Because it points out, and people recognize it. People that read this book go, well, this is what's, some of this is what's been happening over the last few years. And you're showing what it's leading up to. And you're showing what will hopefully be the people's response to what happens. But we have a chance, hopefully, to stop it from happening in this upcoming election. Of course, as the executive director of a nonprofit corporation, which means, by the way, you can go to usjf.net and donate to us. And your donations are tax deductible. But since I'm a head of a nonprofit corporation, I cannot endorse a political candidate. But I can talk about the issues. And the issues facing this country right now are extremely important. The next president of the United States will appoint at least one and maybe three to four Supreme Court justices, which will set the tone for our Supreme Court for generations to come. Now, we know who Hillary Clinton will appoint. She will appoint far-left justices who will ignore the Constitution seek to abolish the Constitution and impose their own political version, political version of socialism on this country. And they will do that illegally, and they will violate the Constitution, they will violate their oath of office, but they don't care. We've seen Obama do it over and over, violate his oath of office. And he didn't care. And I, I drew up articles of impeachment of Obama several years ago pointing out all the violations of the Constitution and his oath of office. 
which, by the way, those violations of your oath of office are punishable per violation by up to a year in prison and a fine of $10,000. That's federal law. Yet the Congress got copies of these articles of impeachment. They were referred to the Judiciary Committee, and that's where they died. The Republicans didn't want to bring them up, even allow a vote on them. So we have a runaway situation in this country right now. And if Hillary Clinton is elected, Supreme Court justices will be appointed that will continue to take us down the path that I outlined in the rag. Continues to take us down the path to a totalitarian dictatorship. And it will happen very, very rapidly, believe me. The United States Justice Foundation, we're doing a lot of stuff to try to stop some of this. You know, I was talking about the vets a minute ago. Well, I'm going to be doing another article on my blog sometime in the next week or so. It's a very important article because of something else is being done to our vets. Again, you can access my blog at Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y, dot J-I-G-S-Y dot com. Veterans, and this has been going on since 2010, and I worked with a group that was fighting it back then, a veterans group, and they, they just basically made some headway, but then sort of disappeared. Their funding dried up. I'm not sure exactly what happened. So we're going to take up the cause this year. What is happening is not our veterans necessarily. It's our active military. What's happening is that they are being denied their basic constitutional right to vote. Now, there have been problems for years, particularly when we had military overseas fighting in wars or just stationed overseas, that they were not getting their ballots, their absentee ballots, in time to be able to vote and have the ballots counted for an election. So Congress passed a law, which was actually signed by Obama, and it passed virtually unanimously, requiring all secretaries of state of each state in the union to send out the absentee ballots to members of the military from their state, whether they were stationed in another state inside the continental United States or stationed overseas or in a war zone, send those ballots out at least 45 days in advance. So the soldiers, sailors, marines, and airmen would have a chance to get those ballots, cast their vote, and get it counted. Now, in just prior to the election in 2010, when things appeared to be going against the Democrats and ultimately the Republicans took control of the House of Representatives, Eric Holder had a representative of the Justice Department attend a meeting in Washington, D.C. of secretaries of state from around the country and basically told them, particularly the ones that were Democrats in Democrat-controlled states, that we are not going to enforce that law. You do not have to comply with the law. You do not have to send out the ballots 45 days in advance. And basically hinted to them that you can send them out as late as you want to. Well, some secretaries of state did just that. And thousands upon thousands of votes cast by members of our military in 2010 were not counted. The same thing happened in 2012 when Barack Obama was running for election. 
In fact, I have seen reliable reports that in states like Ohio, a swing state, 100,000 votes were not counted by members of the military. Now, that might not have changed the outcome of Ohio with vote for president, but it could change the outcome on local elections, Senate elections, elections of House of Representatives. We're going to be researching this, and we're going to be doing what we can to fight it. What you have to do is you have to contact the Secretary of State in the state where you live, whether they are Democrat or Republican, and find out, specifically ask them, are you going to comply with the federal law requirements and send these ballots out in a timely manner to our soldiers? My oldest son is still overseas. He's basically spent most of the last 15 years overseas. So he's going to have to be voting absentee. It's going to be interesting to see if he gets it. I think he will. He has in the past because he's from Arizona. And that's where his home is when he's not overseas. So he will probably get his ballot. But thousands of soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen may not get their ballots. And this is a major problem, not only for the outcome of the election, but for the way the members of the military are treated by this administration, by the Democrats. They are cannon fodder. They'll send them off to fight. They'll send them off to die. But they're not going to protect their freedoms. They're going to have them die for the Constitution, die for their fellow American citizens. But when they're overseas, they're not going to be sure that they're going to have the right to vote for the people who are ordering them to go overseas and fight. And when they get home, they're not going to get the health care that they need or entitled to. They're going to have their constitutional rights to due process and the right to keep and bear arms stripped from them. And all of this is going on pretty much in plain sight. You know, I've been writing about the, the veteran situation for three years now. And I can't get any national news media really to pick up on the story. Daily Caller and places like that have reported it. The Drudge Report has reported it. But we need to get the word out. So if you are a veteran, or you know of any veterans who are losing their Second Amendment rights, contact me at Michael at USJF Mail, that's USJF Mail, M A I L dot net. Michael at USJF Mail dot net. We are still representing individual veterans around the country with some success in fighting this. And we will represent you for free. We will work with your attorney if you have one for free. We will do what we can to try to help you secure and maintain your rights. Again, Michael at USJFmail.net. And again, if you want to support us in our efforts, because like I said, we don't charge the veterans or their families anything for this. We raise our money independently. Go to USJF.net and make a tax-deductible contribution to our efforts. Look for the article. It's going to be coming out shortly. And again, contact your Secretary of State. And pressure them. Ask them outright, are you going to be sending these ballots out timely? And tell them that you're going to be watching to see that this happens. 
And if you have somebody in your family or a friend who's serving overseas, you need to contact them and tell them to let you know when they get their ballot, whether or not it's a timely manner. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's so much to talk about today, so many things happening, and here's something that you probably don't know about because it just broke this morning. Of course, it hadn't been picked up by any of the mainstream media yet, but the Daily Caller, which is a news organization that I trust, has found out that the Internal Revenue Service, now this is going to shock you, the IRS has opened an investigation into the Clinton Foundation, into their pay-for-play operations, which is basically something that I've talked about before on this show and other people have talked about, but has been pretty much ignored. The Clinton Foundation is a scam. The Clinton Foundation gives very little of its money to charitable work. Very little. Most of the money, a lot of the money anyway, is funneled through the foundation to the Clintons themselves. Pays for some of Clinton's campaign activities, pays for their personal travel, and then, of course, they raise all this money for themselves by Bill Clinton and before him, before she became Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, making speeches to big corporations, big banks, big investment firms, and to groups in other countries. And they were paid anywhere from a quarter of a million to half a million dollars for these speeches. And then the Clinton Foundation was started receiving a lot of money 
from countries around the world, some of whom are basically dictatorships and operate as dictatorships, and you hear Hillary Clinton touting how she's going to fight for women, how she's going to fight for liberty. But she receives contributions from countries like Saudi Arabia, where women are not even allowed to drive, where they cannot go out in public unless accompanied by a man, where they cannot be educated, where they cannot get a job, and where they can be killed by their husband for any reason whatsoever, with no repercussions, they can be beaten daily by their husbands or by their fathers with no repercussions. If Hillary Clinton has received millions of dollars from Saudi Arabian government and the princes over there and from Saudi Arabian companies, some of which we know, and this is something else that the FBI ought to be investigating, but we know how that will come out if they do it, and that is campaign contributions to Hillary Clinton coming from foreign countries. That is illegal. Yet Barack Obama had contributions, massive amounts of contributions, both in his 2008 campaign and his 2012 campaign. Nobody did anything about it. Nobody even launched an investigation. The Clintons are getting by with it, too. Money from Clinton Foundation is being followed in the Hillary's campaign. No question about it. James Comey, the FBI director, laid out a scathing indictment of Hillary Clinton on the email scandal involving her personal server and pointed out that she had lied to the American public and to Congress had lied about receiving and sending classified emails, lied about knowing that they were classified, claimed only to used one device for this personal server when James Comey said, no, she used numerous devices throughout the four years she was Secretary of State. And she's hidden. She said all the emails have been turned over to the Department of State, anything involving her work as the Secretary of State. Comey said, no, there were thousands of them. And we know something like 30 to 33,000 that are missing that she never turned over. So she lied, and despite the fact that she lied, it was decided not to indict her. And that, of course, came just one week after Bill Clinton had had a secret meeting, what he hoped was a secret meeting, it turned out not to be secret, with Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General of the United States under Obama. This was totally improper, totally illegal, but they met and then claimed they talked about golf and their grandchildren for half an hour. And a week later, Department of Justice declines to indict Hillary Clinton. So now she is a Democratic nominee for president. We have what amounts to a career criminal being the candidate of one of two major political parties for President of the United States. And nobody seems to care about her criminal activity or her prior criminal activity. There's a whole litany of things out there that Hillary Clinton has been guilty of. And I have not yet seen the movie Clinton Cash, 
but I understand it's a scathing movie pointing out all of this. I want to try to watch it as soon as I can. I encourage everybody else to watch it because there's apparently a lot of valid, solid information in there. And so not only do we have a career criminal being indicted or being nominated to be president of the United States, the, as far as I'm concerned, the Democratic Party, with the combination of Harry Reid, who has should have been brought up, brought up on charges of corruption numerous times in the past, Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Deborah Washington Schultz. They are now the largest criminal enterprise in the history of the United States. Let's talk for a minute about the new email scandal, where, and these haven't all come out yet, where members of the Democratic National Committee, under the leadership of Deputy Washington Schultz, who has long been in the tank for Hillary, emails about how to attack Bernie Sanders, how to use his religion against him, makes racist comments, stuff that had been found in the Republican National Committee's emails, the media would be going absolutely nuts about, but they're giving Hillary a free pass. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz is getting a free pass. She was forced to step down as the chairman of the Democratic National Committee, and then on the same day, rewarded by Hillary by being named national co-chair of her campaign committee. So how much of this are the American people going to put up with? This is a criminal enterprise. These emails, and of course the Democratic response and the national news media for the most part response is, oh, well, this is the Russians behind this. This is the Russians who are trying to help Donald Trump become president of the United States. And it's horrible they're interfering in the national election in the United States. Well, number one, I don't know that it is the Russians. It may very well be some group that's been connected to the Russians because the Russians use a lot of different hackers out there to try to get information about other countries, including the United States. But what we should be talking about here is the content of the emails. The fact that the Democratic National Committee is supposed to be neutral in a presidential contest between Democrats. Yet was not. And Bernie Sanders, he caved in like a good little socialist would do and went ahead and endorsed Hillary despite the fact that thousands, maybe millions of his followers are absolutely irate and should be over this type of activity. But we have Hillary Clinton getting campaign contributions either directly or through the Clinton Foundation from foreign governments, and nobody's investigating that, at least not anybody in the mainstream news media. And another thing about these emails, it shows that the media, for the most part, like the Washington Times, I mean Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, NBC, 
are totally in the tank for the Democrats and for Hillary Clinton. They were being told by the Democratic National Committee how to spin certain stories, how to attack, put out stories attacking Bernie Sanders and put out stories attacking Donald Trump. Now, the fourth estate, the reason freedom of the press is in the Constitution was our founding fathers wanted the press to be an independent watchdog to protect us from our own government, to protect us from corruption. But now, it appears that much of the mainstream media is part of that corruption. They are no longer independent. They are no longer watchdogs for the American people. They are in the tank for Hillary Clinton and for a socialist agenda. They, I refer to them as having gone to the school of Joseph Goebbels, who, of course, was Hitler's minister of propaganda. And that's what we're getting from the mainstream news media right now, is we're getting propaganda. This has been going on for a long time. But after Obama was elected president, it got really seriously worse. Because I know for a fact, and this has been reported by independently by a lot of different people, that every Monday morning there would be a conference call between members of the news media, predominantly NBC and their affiliates like MSNBC, with the White House. And they would be told, the news media would be told by the White House staff what stories to cover during the week, what stories to prominently put out, what what information to hide from the American public, and if there was damaging information coming out about the president or his administration, then they were supposed to put a spin on that that would lessen the impact. This has gone on for eight years, seven and a half years during the Obama administration. And now we find out that it's already going on with Clinton and the Democratic National Committee. This is total corruption. Not to mention the fact that it's illegal, but it's total corruption. And it's being orchestrated by the Democrats. In their national convention, they have prominently displayed their out-and-out goals to continue to divide this nation, to continue to destroy our military, destroy our economy, and take away our basic freedoms. And they're going forward with this as rapidly as they can. And we'll talk more after our final break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. 
Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So the Democratic Convention has been something else. Communist flags being displayed, Palestinian flags being displayed. Outside the convention today, they burned the Israeli flag. And in two days, so far, there's been no mention of ISIS in the convention at all. Not one word said about ISIS, or about radical Islamic jihadists, nothing, by any of the speakers. Yesterday in France, an 85-year-old Catholic priest was brutally murdered by jihadists yelling Allah Akbar. Not one word at the Democratic National Convention. Not one moment of silence for this lost priest. Total disregard for what's happening in the world. Not only disregard for what's happening in this country, but actively encouraging further attacks on police. I mean, let's face it, we have had numerous police officers killed this year, 32 so far. That's a 48% increase over the same period last year. Five Dallas police officers gunned down in an ambush because they were white. Three Baton Rouge police officers gunned down in an ambush just because they were police officers. One of them happened to be black. Yet... At the Democratic National Convention, they had nine so-called featured speakers, part of the mother's movement, all black women whose children supposedly were killed by police officers. You have Michael Brown's mother. Remember, Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot. Well, it turned out that after a thorough investigation, including by the federal government, Michael Brown was not an innocent bystander who was shot down by a white police officer. He had just robbed a convenience store and was trying to escape, and he finally ended up attacking the police officer and trying to take his gun away so he could kill him with it. The police officer shot him. And this guy was a career criminal. I wonder if Hillary Clinton likes him so much. 
And we've had other similar stories out there. Trayvon Martin. First of all, he was not killed by a police officer. So they're, you know, using, using it as one of these situations. He was killed when he had George Zimmerman, a member of Neighborhood Patrol. By the way, it was a person of color himself. He was Hispanic, not white. Trayvon Martin was beating his head on the curb, George Zimmerman's head on the curb, and George Zimmerman shot him. And as a result of that, he was found not guilty by a jury of his peers. Does that matter to the Democrats? No. Does it matter to them that the final charges against the remaining police officers in the federal Freddie Gray, Gray case have been dismissed? That a black judge found three of them not guilty in trials? Yet we have, right now, the person who is gabbling in and out the sessions of the Democratic Party National Convention. Rollins, the mayor, black female mayor of Baltimore, who, if you'll recall, on the night after Frederick, Frederick Gray, Frederick Gray was, was pronounced dead, she told the police in Baltimore to stand aside because the rioters had a had to be given space so they could set fire to buildings and destroy things. She continues this day to say that Freddie Gray was killed by the police officers, as does Mosley, the female prosecutor who brought these spurious charges. This is the features some of the featured speakers at the Democratic National Convention. Were there any family members of dead police officers invited to speak? No. That doesn't fit the narrative. The narrative of the Obama administration, of Hillary Clinton, of the Democratic Party, is division, division, division. Cause divisions between black and white, between white and Hispanic, between black and Hispanic. And I bet there are a lot of black people out there, a lot of Hispanics, who don't realize how the division is falling there. Use these people basically as cannon fodder. Don't do anything to stop the violence in Chicago. I mean, where that, that violence is black on black. 90% of it. Don't even talk about that. Talk about gun control. When ISIS attacks in this country, whether in Orlando, Florida, or San Bernardino, California, the narrative is gun control. Interestingly enough, we had in, in Japan the last couple of days a deranged person attack a nursing home for disabled Japanese individuals, stabbed 19 of them to death, wounded about 20 others before he finally surrendered to police. And he did it because he, his view was that disabled people ought to be put to death by the state rather than taken care of. Haven't heard Barack Obama come out and tell the Japanese they need to ban knives. But here in this country, that's what he calls for. We need to ban guns. Gun control. 
the Democrats win this election, particularly if they get back to the Senate, we're going to see and get control of the Supreme Court. We're going to see our Second Amendment abolished. We're going to see them come to try to take away our guns. I'm going to close out today by giving you a few more snippets out of this review of John Trudell about my novel, The Rag. He says, The great novels are images of reality, and this is one. At a time where only 6% trust the media and only 4% trust Congress, there is more truth than fiction. But more truth than fiction than in the news. That's the rest of the book. In the novel, the good guys lost. America fell under totalitarian control. It is occupied by foreign troops and ruled by unaccountable elites. And then he goes on to say, Thus the rag starts rebellion against the tyranny. Thus we move through hundred games onto the Patriot on a near hopeless quest to regain lost freedom. Says the book is an easy read. I finished it over a weekend. Again, you can order a copy of the book off my website at www.michaelconnelly.com. You can order it from Amazon. You can order it from Barnes & Noble. I'm sure there are other bookstores that are carrying it out there. Usually all of my books are carried by all of the major book outlets. Soon it will be available as an e-book. If you get a copy, you read the copy, and you enjoy the story, and you think it's, it means something that is important, then post review on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you bought it from. Encourage your friends to read it, particularly before the election. I guess I'm blowing my own horn here, but I'm, I'm proud of this book. I really am. It took me about eight months to conceive it and write it. And I was meticulous in my research. And I think it's an important book. And by the way, the uh, my book that our Constitution... I just got an order in from a lady who needs 100 copies because she wants to make sure that all of her friends and acquaintances look at the Constitution and what it really means before this election. And the booklet is a little pocket-sized booklet. It, uh, in it, in it, I take each article, each section, each amendment to the Constitution. I put them in the way they were originally written, and then I put in my comments about what they really mean. And that includes pointing out and a lot of people are aghast when they read this, pointing out that the words separation of church and state do not appear anywhere in the Constitution. Our students are being taught that it's in the Constitution, it's in the First Amendment, and it's not. It's not anywhere in the Constitution. That is a phrase that was made up by the Supreme Court at one point based on a letter that was written by Thomas Jefferson when he was President of the United States in which he was asked to intervene and mediate a dispute in a church group. It was an internal dispute. And he said that was not the proper thing for government to do. It should not be intervening in religious disputes between, particularly within a church, that the Constitution 
was to interpret that as an establishment of religion which was prohibited. And it would violate what he considered the requirement for separation of church and state. Of course, he was referring to establishing religion. And that's what the Supreme Court has used for years to take away <laughs> our freedom of religion. Thank you for listening in today, ladies and gentlemen. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Like I said, sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have John Trudell on, talking not only about his his literary works, but also he's been keeping up with what's going on in Oregon after the uh, uh, rancher was killed up there uh, and with a dispute with the federal government. So have a good week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.